Hello and welcome to the Cowboy Jesus Podcast. I'm coming to you from Columbine United Church on a beautiful fall day. Actually, I'm coming to you from the basement of Columbine United Church where we are creating a video audio recording studio. It's something that I've wanted to do for years and years. And with the renovation, we finally have a room that we can do it in. So we have a green screen set up and special lights We're putting together a sound mixing board for podcasts so I can record not only myself, but maybe up to three other people. So there'll be four of us at a table. I am really excited about the possibility. So today is episode 56. 56. You know, the purpose of the Cowboy Jesus podcast, I call it riding the rodeo of religion and life, is because Life can be like that. It can be a rodeo. It can be just a topsy-turvy thing where we just kind of scramble to figure out what life is all about and who is God and where is God in the middle of this. And, And for me, the purpose of the podcast, it gives me an opportunity to explore my thoughts and beliefs. You know, I have so much rattling around in my brain that uh, Sunday morning is just not enough time for me to explore my thoughts. That's why I also blog the Cowboy Jesus uh, blog, Steve Cowboy's Jesus blog on blogspot.com. I also do my Wednesday shout-outs as a way of kind of giving you a spiritual midweek lift. Just a lot of stuff rattles around in my brain. I just find need to find a way to express it. And the podcast is just one more way to do it. So for those of you who listen to the podcast I cannot thank you enough, and I hope that you would try to share the podcast with other people and turn them on to some of the things that we talk about here today. Okay, today I'm going to continue the conversation that I started in uh, the last episode, episode number 55 on suicide and spirituality. If you have not listened to that episode, I strongly encourage you that you stop now and go back and first listen to that one. As it kind of sets the stage for what I want to talk about today, you know, as I shared last week, I started writing a book on suicide called Damned to Dignified. It's my belief that people who uh, voluntarily end their lives are not damned people, but they are actually dignified people who are in the midst of sorrow and despair, are approaching their death with a great deal of finality and... um, great deal, maybe just that's it, a great deal of finality. They just want to be done with their life and end their life. And the question that they come to me with is, um, you know, am I going to go to hell? You know, and I want to start this whole scenario today, this whole episode today, by sharing with you a scenario that I had as a way of kind of helping you, you, you see some of the challenges that I face as I deal with people who contemplate ending their life. And as I kind of put it out there in the uh, kind of the religious sphere that I am someone who doesn't blink about talking about suicide, and I've talked with a lot of people about suicide. And so one day I'm driving down in my little green Subaru Forester down C470 and right about C470 in Bowles, my phone rings and the caller ID is unknown. Now, usually when there's an unknown, I don't answer because it's a telemarketer or somebody like that. But today, for some reason, I decided to answer the phone. And it was a woman, and she asked me if I'm the minister who talks about suicide. And I said, of course, I am. And I said, how can I help you today? She said, and she didn't tell me her name. 
She didn't tell me where she was calling from, where she was located, nothing. I, and she said, you know, the more you pry about where I'm calling from, I'm just going to hang up. So I could tell that she was a little bit desperate and so that I just wanted to be available to her. I said, okay, how can I help you? Well, she said she was just getting out of a rehab uh, hospital where she's been for the past several weeks trying to recuperate from a broken leg, a broken arm, damaged ribs, bruised lungs, bruised sternum, just beat up and bruised black eyes. And I said, how did you get so uh, hurt? Were you in a car wreck? She goes, no, my husband. She goes, my husband is an abusive jerk, and he has beaten me up. I've been hospitalized several times. The police refused to do anything about him. They arrest him, and they let him go. He's never done any jail time. I said, well, why don't you just divorce him? She goes, no, my religion doesn't allow me to divorce him. I have to stay in the marriage, she said, or I'm going to kill myself. I went, <laughs> wow, okay, to get out of the marriage, you're going to kill yourself? I said, so what, I guess, what's stopping you? Where are you? She goes, well, I'm not going to kill myself if I'm going to go to hell. She wanted it to be really clear. She wanted to know if she kills herself, was she going to go to hell? And I said, well, if I tell you you're not going to go to hell, are you going to kill yourself? She said, yeah, probably, because that means if I am going to go to hell, I don't want to go to hell, so it means I'm going to go back to my abusive husband. It's either kill myself or avoid going to hell, go back to my abusive husband. I went, wow. I said, why are you making this kind of an either or? Why can't you just see that you need to go get help and go to a, a halfway house or something to get find a therapist, find a friend, find someone who can help you so you don't go back to your abusive husband, but you also don't kill yourself. And she said, nope, I've been to halfway houses. I've been to safe houses. I do not want to go back there ever again. It's either kill myself or I go back to my abusive husband and suffer more abuse. And she goes, I want to know your opinion. I want to know if I kill myself, am I going to go to hell? Well, I kind of sat there, I pulled over the side of the road, and I thought to myself, okay, great. I don't believe she goes, if she kills herself, she's going to go to hell, but do I tell her that? But do I really want her to go back to her abusive relationship and just keep on getting beat up? I mean, she's got herself over a barrel, kind of an either-or situation, but it's a tragic either-or, death by suicide or death by abuse. And I couldn't figure out how to unravel this with her. And as I said, as I kept on trying to push and pry, can I, can I get you some help? Can I tell me where you are? Can I find you a therapist? Can I find you a friend? She kept on saying, no, quit asking, quit prying, or we're just going to hang up the phone. I said, well, don't do that. I said, let's, let's hang in there. And so I started to talk with her, and I shared with her my beliefs. And this is what I told her. I said, I'm going to stop you right there. I'm not going to tell you what I said until the very end of this episode, so you have to listen to the whole episode until I tell you, so before I tell you what it is that I told the woman. So I got you. You got to listen. But in the meanwhile, I want you to think about what would you say to a person in this situation. All right. So I've always been interested in religion and suicide, you know, uh, in part because my ministry has been so entwined with suicide. 
I've worked with people who are suicidal. I've worked with families of those who, uh, with loved ones who have ended their, li- their lives in seminary. Uh, my senior year of seminary, I worked on a suicide hotline in San Francisco. I heard just about every possible desperate human being who was trying to end their lives. Um, I've worked with families of loved ones who have taken drug overdoses, hung themselves, placed bags over their heads and hung themselves, cut themselves, shot themselves, gassed themselves, drove their cars off cliffs, jumped off bridges, hung themselves, shot themselves. They just, all the possible to stab themselves, all the different possible ways that someone could end their life, you know, I think I have dealt with it over my 38 years, and I have a personal connection. I have a, I have a, um, a cousin, a distant cousin, who ended his life by jumping from the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. I'll never forget when my mother called and said that, that your cousin had ended his life by jumping from the bridge. I went, wow, wow. So there was kind of a personal connection to myself. You know, and the big question that, People ask me whether they're contemplating ending their life or they have a loved one ending their life. They ask if I kill myself, will my soul go to hell? Or since my loved one has killed themselves, are they now in hell? And you know, let me just kind of cut to the chase and you can probably just end the podcast right here. Let me say it loud and clear. No, no, no emphatically no. If you're contemplating ending your life but you're afraid of going to hell, let me be clear and say no, you don't go to hell. And if your loved one has committed suicide or voluntarily ended their life, um, have they gone to hell? No, absolutely not. The God of love and compassion would not send somebody who is despairing to hell. Heck, I don't even believe in hell, let alone someone who uh, has voluntarily ended their life. No, you don't go to hell. So in episode 55, the last one, I shared the Christian view. Uh, let me just kind of go over that. The Christian Bible does not teach that people who vol- voluntarily end their lives go to hell. St. Augustine taught they went to hell. The 4th century theologian Thomas Aquinas in the 12th century said they went to hell. Different councils have taught they went to hell. But if you want to go to the book itself, the Bible itself, the Bible does not condemn the seven people who ended their lives. There are seven suicides in the Bible between the Hebrew Bible and the New Testament. There is no judgment. They are not condemned. They do not break the sixth commandment not to murder. There simply is no judgment. Jesus does not judge people who end their life. There's just silent. It just says this is how they ended their life. There's no condemnation. In fact, as I shared in the previous episode, that not even the Catholic Church teaches that someone goes to hell. I mean, when I talk with Catholics, invariably Catholics believe, my religion, my priest said that, you know, if you kill yourself that you went to hell, or if someone killed themselves, they went to hell. And, uh, and their religion teaches it. Well, here it is, Catechism 2283 from the Book of Catechisms. Quote, We should not despair of the eternal salvation of purpose who have taken their own lives. God can provide the opportunity for salutary repentance. End of quote. 
quote. Listen to this podcast. Ask a a Catholic to listen to this podcast. Right there in their own teaching, God can provide the opportunity for salutary repentance. We should not despair of the eternal salvation of persons who have taken their own lives. I mean, right there, instead of judgment and condemnation, the teaching is about compassion. The church prays for those who have taken their own lives. The church doesn't use the term suicide or self-murder, but notice it uses the gentler term, taken their lives. The vocabulary leans towards compassion and comfort. Hello, Catholics. Stop condemning people to hell. Protestants, where are you? You know, as a Protestant, we affirm God is a God of grace and love. We affirm God is with the suffering. God has compassion on those who are suffering. How do we say God acts toward those who suffer? We say that God is with these people. As a progressive Christian, as I said, I don't even believe in hell. I believe God saves all people. As such, I say God saves those, especially those who suffer to the point of taking their lives. God is with them in their life and in their death. And God brings the person who contemplates suicide and voluntarily ends their life. God brings them into the resurrection in heaven. I, you know, <laughs> I'm going to say this repeatedly throughout this podcast. God does not send people to hell, especially those who voluntarily end their life. They, God doesn't get it straight. Now, you know, I know this is controversial stuff because, and this is what people always ask me about this. I mean, does this teaching give tacit approval for people to end their lives? I mean, when they hear this, could this be exactly what it is that's going to kind of push them over their edge to take their lives? You know, I guess, does it give tacit approval? Yes, I guess, and no. On the one hand, it can. I guess this is why I believe strongly in suicide prevention. No one wants people to end their lives, especially teenagers. You know, I believe when it comes to teenagers and uh, children, we need to do everything we can with suicide prevention to keep teenagers and young people from ending their life. And I believe in suicide prevention for adults. Heck, that's why I worked on a suicide hotline. I believe we need to do everything we can to keep people from voluntarily ending their life. However, however, if they are in that type of situation, if they are in that space, if they have tried everything, and if they're going to end their life, we need to remove from them the fear that they are going to go to hell. And I don't think that if we remove from them the fear that they're going to go to hell, this is actually going to push them over the edge. Because instead of uh, making God somebody that they need to fear, I believe in turning and helping them see that God is their advocate, that God is with them in the middle of their lives, and God wants them to get help. God is an advocate, not an adversary. You know, Therapist, you know, every time I talk with a therapist and they say they use hell, oh my gosh, I'm getting a phone call in the middle of my my podcast. It's Jill Vanderwall. I'm gonna <laughs> gonna turn her off. I forgot to put my fo- my phone on airplane mode. All right, 
Yeah, where was I? I'm completely lost. Jill, I should have put my phone on silence. All right, here we go. Oh, that's right, therapists. When therapists tell me that they are using the fear of how to keep their uh, clients from killing themselves, you know, I tell them that this is terrible. It's terrible theology, and I believe it's schlocky therapy. You know, if you need to resort to this, and you need to rethink your methodology as a therapist. Again, I'm not a therapist, but they're not a theologian. So don't pretend to know theology by telling someone they're going to go to hell. If you, don't, if you haven't studied theology, you haven't studied the Bible, if you haven't listened to a podcast like this, then quit using God as a, as a tool of fear. Um, for pastors who teach people go to hell, for priests and pastors, both Catholic and Protestant, go back to your Bible, do some studying, listen to this podcast, read my, I'll give you my unpublished manuscript, read it. Read other textbooks that talk about the fact that if you contemplate killing yourself, you do not go to hell. Now, what about other religions? You know, as part of this book I wrote, Damned to Dignified, I did a, it was an interfaith study of all the different world religions. And so I did a survey of what the other religions te- uh, teach. And I just wanted to give you kind of a brief overview about what they teach. So let me just go through this. Islam is pretty clear. Uh, the Quran explicitly states that if you voluntarily end your life, Allah will send you to hell. It is black and freaking white. Life and death belong to God. If you kill yourself, you assume the hand of Allah and commit a grave sin. Period. End. Gulp. You know, however, what this also means, I did, I found some fascinating research by theologians out of Saudi Arabia who were condemning uh, suicide bombers, the fundamentalist Islams who, Muslims who were doing suicide bombers. They said that, that they are not martyrs for the faith. They're not going to paradise, that they are committing suicide just like anybody else who's completing suicide. And just as Allah teaches in the Quran, they too are in hell. I think that's a huge understanding for us to grab a hold of in the Western world because we believe that, uh, or what we have heard, is that Muslims say that, no, if these suicide bombers are martyrs for the faith, and they're going to, to uh, paradise. Ah, not the case. In Islam, a suicide is a suicide. If you kill yourself, you're going to hell. All right, let's move on. We'll go to my notes. Judaism. Judaism is interesting. Judaism condemns people who kill themselves. Uh, It's pretty crystal clear in the Talmud and other teachings, even though that the Hebrew Bible doesn't condemn the the six people who win their lives in the Hebrew Bible. uh, In the Talmud and other writings, it's pretty clear condemnation. However, contemporary Jewish scholars say that you have to uh, confirm that the person is indeed, has indeed killed themselves. In other words, You have to be right there in the person's midst. You have to hear what they have to say. You have to watch what they have done. You have to be the eye testimony, the eye face-to-face testimony of what the person has done and said at the point of pulling the trigger, jumping off the stool or jumping off the bridge. Because ultimately, we do not know 
what transpires between the individual and Yahweh. And because of that, since Yahweh is a just and compassionate God, we need to make sure that we do not judge. Judaism does not believe in judgment of the person who has voluntarily ended their life and instead to trust in God's righteousness, God's justice, and God's compassion. So while it doesn't uh, condone suicide, there is a tremendous amount of compassion for the person who does contemplate suicide. Hinduism. You know, Hinduism, kind of like Judaism, can be very harsh uh, towards those who voluntarily end their lives. Although what's interesting is in Hinduism, Suicide is also granted, I forget the names of the um, spiritual giants who have renounced, the renunciants, maybe that is, who have renounced their body and are waiting for their souls to emerge into enlightenment. And that suicide ending your life is a way to take that final step into the fullness of enlightenment. So on the one hand, Hinduism grants that, but on the other hand, to the act, the uh, casual in individual or the ordinary individual who contemplates ending their life, there can be a lot of condemnation. But yet again, Hindu scholars and ethicists provide a lot of compassion for the person who voluntarily ends their life. They talk about karma, they talk about the forward movement of the soul, and they talk about that the actual form of ending their death does not hinder the forward advancement of the soul. So there is a lot of grace within Hinduism. Buddhism. Buddhism is really fascinating. Uh, within Buddhist uh, texts and scriptures, there are actually several stories of Buddhist priests uh, who have ended their lives. It's uh, there, There's one story of, a, of one of the Buddhist uh, most favorite priest was had a um, had a internal illness, an internal cancer, and uh, the Buddha left him and was and traveled for many times. Chana was the priest's name. Chana, Chana's knife, and uh, Chana's illness became to the point where he could no longer uh, just could not deal with the pain anymore. And so Chana took a knife and slit his throat and ended his life. And the Buddha came back and the fellow priests were wondering what the Buddha would say. Would the Buddha condemn Chana for how he ended his life? Would it in any way, shape, or form damage his forward movement of the soul? And the Buddha did not condemn him. The Buddha refused to condemn him, instead talked about compassion. And there are several other instances where Buddhists priests and Buddhist priests in communities um, have ended their life. And while the Buddha does not condone suicide, the Buddha does not condemn suicide either, because ultimately uh, Buddhism talks about compassion. Even though there's no harm to any sentient being, even if you harm your own life, you're a sentient being, it does not condemn your life to any type of hell because Buddhism doesn't actually believe in hell and only believes in karma. The soul goes forward into karma and karma is compassion. So by its very nature, it's not going to condemn someone who ends their life. It's not going to condone it, but it's not going to uh, condemn it either moving forward. You know, the same is with the pagan world religions. Wicca doesn't uh, condemn somebody who ends their life. 
It doesn't condone it, but it doesn't condemn it. It believes in reincarnation of the person's life will continue to move forward in its advancement. When I was doing my research for my book, Damned to Dignified, my uh, gold mine that I discovered in doing some research in indigenous religions when I was trying to dig this up was the ancient Mayans, the ancient Mayan culture. They actually have a goddess of suicide. This blew me away. Her name is I-X-T-A-B. Ixtab? I really don't know how to pronounce it. I'm just going to go with Ixtab. I-X-T-A-B. Um, unlike, you know, in our modern societies, voluntary death was not condemned in the ancient Mayan culture. When an individual knew that their life was finished, uh, either because of tragedy, illness, or old age, they could simply take a rope. There was a specific tree within the community grounds, and they hung themselves. There was no tragedy or upsetness. It was a common practice. There was a Franciscan monk who read his diaries. Um, his name was Fray Diego de Landa. Here's a quote. He said, they, the Mayans, said that those who hanged themselves went to glory, and there were those who would do so when they were confronted with small occasions of sadness, work, or illness. They went to rest in glory where they received the goddess Ixtab. So right there, this uh, Franciscan priest talked about the goddess Ixtab. And it's really fascinating uh, God, the Mayans have a goddess of voluntary death. It's interesting. Um, I'm trying to picture how to, or how to describe to you her iconography, the picture of what she looks like. She, she's a, a Mayan woman uh, with a rope around her neck. Her eyes are closed in death. There's a dark circle around her eyes that reflects decomposition. Yet she's dead. You can tell in the picture pick the iconography that she's dead, but she also is a vibing, vibrant rather, a vibrant living presence. Um, unlike the other Mayan gods and goddesses that are in the heavens, Ixtab lived among the people. Uh, she was the guardian of the souls of those who died in battle, women who died in childbirth, those who hung themselves. You know, it's interesting. She lived among the people, and she was their protector after death. She guided the souls of the people who died. Actually, almost the body themselves, the body and the soul, she guided them. There was a sacred, sacred banquet, kind of like what Christians believe, the great banquet in the kingdom of God. The Mayans believe that after death there was a great banquet. And people who voluntarily ended their life by hanging themselves or any other ways, or women who died in childbirth, men in battle, that Ixtab brought their lives into the sacred table. You know, I love this. You know, the ancient Mayans capture a vision of hope. You know, it just blows my mind. Voluntarily, death is readily accepted as a part of their life. There is no shame. There's no baggage, no condemnation. There's no doubt about the eternal destination of the soul. No, by installing a goddess that lived among them, that guarded them and guided their souls to the eternal banquet, they created a sense of sacred love for the people. Not abandonment, but a goddess of love. Okay, there. A quick summary of religion and voluntary death. So where does this lead this? 
I guess, you know, it allows me to draw some conclusions and integrate the different religions into my own personal teachings. Let me share with you my vision of religion and suicide. Okay, as a Christian spiritual leader, I start with Jesus' teaching of love. Jesus never condemned voluntary death. The Bible does not condemn, or New Testament does not condemn Judas for betraying Jesus or for killing himself. Uh, I incorporate the Hebrew Bible that none of the recorded voluntary deaths are condemned. I integrate the Buddhist teaching on compassion and the Hindu concept that voluntary death possibly moves an individual towards enlightenment. I embrace Mayan tradition of Ixtab. She completes my vision. You know, this divine protectorate for the person who ends their life, she ushers them from this world to the next and assures them at the eternal banquet. I just think that's beautiful. You know, I believe the sacred teachings are clear. With the exception of Islam, um, they don't condone suicide. Let's be really clear, they don't condone suicide. But they don't actively condemn the person that does. There's always room for compassion. They don't go to hell, a place of torment or eternal darkness. As I said earlier, I got to say it again. No, no, no. Emphatically, no. The person who is contemplating ending their life needs to know they will not go to hell. The families left behind need to know that their loved one is not hell in hell. Can I make it any clear? Do I need to say it again? I don't think so. I think you're getting it. So now this takes me back to my situation that I opened with, the woman who's either going to kill herself or go back to her abusive husband. If I tell her she's going to go to hell, she's not going to kill herself, but she goes to back to the abuse. But if I tell her she's not going to go to hell, she kills herself. What are you going to do? All right. I asked several people, I uh, presented this scenario to several people. Uh, many of them were pastors who do are actively involved in pastoral counseling. I presented this to therapists. And almost to a person, they said, I should have told her that she would go to hell and go back to the abuse. You know, they said at least she'd be alive and maybe someday down the road she'd get help. You know, I couldn't go there. Um, first, it rankled my theology and beliefs about suicide and hell. Was I going to forsake everything I believed and wrote about? You know, was I going to actually lie to this woman about what I believed because I was afraid of her going to hell? You know, I, I didn't want to go to abuse, but I also didn't believe she was going to go to hell. And I felt like I owed her that honesty. So I did a couple things. I decided I would lay it out. I kind of laid it out like this. Out like this. Like at first, I said, look it. God is a loving God, and God is with you. It's what I tell literally everybody who is suffering. God is a loving God, and God is with you. And then I said, second, I said, God desperately wants you to get help. I said, don't make this an either-or situation, either abuse or suicide. I said, I know you've tried these things before, but you've got to try them again. You've got to find a therapist. 
you got to go to a safe house. You have to go to a woman's shelter. You have to go to a friend's house. Something, anything other than going back. I said, I repeatedly asked her to please tell me where she was, and I would help her get help. I would send people to her to get help. No, nope, she refused to give me her identity. And then third, I said, you know what? God doesn't send people to hell, especially those who people who choose to end their lives. You know, if you're going to end your life, I said, I can't stop you. Do I want you to end your life? No. But if you end your life, will you go to hell? I took a breath and I said, no. God will not send you to hell. God does not send people to hell. I took a breath and I just, I just put it out there. You know, and there was silence on at the end of the phone. I said, hello, are you there? She said, thank you, and hung up. She never called back. I never knew what happened. You know, the story had a profound effect on me because it made me put my rubber to the road. I mean, did I actually really believe in this stuff to the point where I could maybe tip the scales of somebody so that they would actually go and kill themselves. You know, I kind of believe that, that sometimes if we take the fear of hell away from them, it doesn't mean that they're going to go run out and pull the trigger, or jump off a cliff or jump or hang themselves. Sometimes I think if we just remove the fear of it, that it is enough to get them to take a step to get help. But I was left thinking, who knows? Maybe I just pushed this person to end their lives. I don't know, but I stand by what I believe. I've got to stand by what I believe. All right, that's enough for today. I'm really at kind of, I'm at 34 minutes here. Next episode, I'm going to talk about euthanasia and voluntary death. So if I don't believe you go to hell, if you kill yourself, and what about euthanasia? It would do, since it's, I believe the people who end their lives end with dignity, then what about death with dignity? What about euthanasia? How do we have death with dignity and help people die? Can we apply euthanasia to that? I did a tremendous amount of research into the death with dignity movement here in Colorado and how we differentiate death with dignity from euthanasia. A lot of important stuff to pay attention to. And it, uh, that'll be next episode. So, all right, here we go. It is enough talking about voluntary death. Go outside. Walk in the fall air. Breathe in autumn. It is October and it is beautiful outside. Don't allow suicide to weigh you down. It doesn't weigh me down. It actually gives me hope. I believe in hope. All right, thanks for listening to Cowboy Jesus Podcast. Look for my blog, also Cowboy Jesus. It's at Steve's Cowboy Jesus at blogspot.com. Go to my Facebook page at uh, Rev Steve Poos Benson. I always post it there. You can also go to my professional Facebook page, Dr. Steve Poos Benson. You can like that page. I post it there. I also do my Wednesday shout outs, kind of a three minute midweek spiritual boost you can find that also on my facebook page but also on my youtube channel steve poos benson all right a lot going on
Thank you again so much for listening to the podcast. Take care. We'll see you.